Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Hey everybody, I'm so excited to be with you. My name's Anthony and I get to lead here at Ivy Church. So I'm just uh, excited to be with you and uh, I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to find a paper Bible. If you've got one somewhere in the house, you just sent the kids off scurrying everywhere. Why don't you find that old paper Bible that's been sitting on the shelf and bring it back into action rather than just getting it out on your phones. Um, I'd love you to start to make notes on this kind of stuff. I always say the devil hates it when we make notes because then we get to remember, we get to, um, to take action on these things. We get to study the passages that I'm going to be mentioning through the week and looking at them together with other people. Maybe in your, if you're in a grow group, we're going to talk later about it, you can connect into an Ivy grow group if that helps you. But then you can study these passages off the notes. You're not trying to remember what I said. And it, it just goes in so much better if you read it on paper and if you make notes. Now you are a leader. Last week I commissioned some people, you, those who stood up and said yes and anointed themselves, to be leaders of the church that meets in your house. So now I need you to become a leader, to think like a leader and to be a leader. Would a leader take notes? Yes, a leader would take notes. Are you a leader? Yes. So take notes. Take note of the word of God right now. And I'm going to pray, Lord, that you would send your Holy Spirit and open up our hearts and our minds so that we would receive this as your living, transforming word to empower us to make a difference in the name of Jesus. So we're in this series, and uh, it's the Bible book of Acts. So you go through the Gospels, you go Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament, then you come to Acts, and this is the continuing Acts of Jesus. This is the continuing Acts of Jesus through the Holy Spirit, through the apostles, the people that he sent out uh, to go and proclaim his message all over the world. And we said last week, that has not stopped because the Holy Spirit has not stopped. The, whole, the church has not stopped. Nothing can stop the church. Look at what's happening right now. I put a little picture on the other day of, of, on my Facebook. If you add me, if you want, and Anthony Delaney until they're all filled up. But there's, I, I put a picture of, of, of the church meeting in different places around the world. Do you know how many times that picture has been shared since then? 13,000 shares off my picture yes, uh, up until yesterday. It's quite amazing. The power of the internet, the power of communication. Right now, God is doing a move across the whole of the nations. But, you, know, you can see the darkness coming in, but at the same time, the light is shining. The darkness will not put it out. So in the early church, the Holy Spirit came upon these very ordinary people and the church broke out of the upper room, the room that they were in, and the message went out and people were able to hear it and receive it in ways that they could understand. And that's what I'm praying for you today. You'll understand that you'll get this. You might think, well, I've not been to church before. It doesn't matter. I'm going to help you to make the response that I believe God wants you to make today and to challenge you to do so. So I'm going to read from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to the end. This is our passage we're going to keep going back to in the next few weeks. It says, they devoted themselves. Acts 2, verse 42, they devoted themselves. Listen, who devotes you? I can only devote me. I can't devote you. Devote means you give yourself to. You, you, you know, what have you been devoting yourself to? How do we, what do we devote ourselves to? What do we give our lives for? So many of us at the moment are having to reassess. Are the things that I've been giving my life for actually worth it? Have they been worth it? 
have we got our priorities so messed up? Well, here's what these people did, having received the new life that only comes in Jesus, having received forgiveness of their sins, having received this powerful on high to change them and give them love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, no matter what, to be activated in their spirit so they live forever. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. We looked at that last week. Review it. Go on the Ivy Church website and, and watch that again if you want. If you didn't go in, it needs to go in and get in. Write some notes. The apostles' teaching. That's the Bible. That's the teaching of the apostles, things that they'd heard from Jesus. I encourage you with kids, go to storytellers, story keepers, sorry. Find that on YouTube and watch that with your kids. Brilliant stuff for the children. So the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, that's what we're doing now, to so the breaking of bread and to prayer. We're going to look at the fellowship, the one another's to next next week. Don't miss us for that. But I want us to talk about prayer today. It says, everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. I have a miraculous sign here. We hang this up in our church. This is a miraculous sign. Expect a miracle right there. That's what I'm praying today, that you're going to have a miraculous sign happen. Many miraculous signs were done by the apostles, by those who believed. All the believers were together, had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. We can continue to, 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 uh, to get the, to have the, the temple courts. We can continue to, um, to get together in various ways. But then it says they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily, those who were being saved. I'm praying today, if you don't know that you're saved, you don't know that what's going to happen to you when you die and leave this life and where you're going to go. By the end of this message, you can know. You can know for sure, not because you're good, but because God is good. You can know that. I'm praying that you, no matter what we've done in the past, today is the day of salvation. This is a new start. This is a fresh chance for you to fully devote yourself to Jesus Christ. He gave his whole life for you. He shed all of his blood for you on the cross so it could happen. And now all he says is, I gave my life for you. I want your life. Live it for me. So that's what they devoted themselves to. And again, going back, what have I devoted my life to? So many things that now I just think don't matter. I can't even go and get them. I can't even go and get those things that maybe that, that mattered so much. I can't go to that place that I was building my life around. It doesn't really matter. And one day, when we finish this life, whenever that is, sooner or later, it's all going to go away from us anyway. And we're not going to be able to get there. And, you know, Matt was just talking about generosity. Jesus says, don't lay up treasures for yourself here, where moth and rust are going to destroy them. Put them. Send them ahead of you, he said. He said, put those things into treasures that will last forever because they're in heaven. You just learn to be generous. And, and at the same time, we, we fit kind of, maybe they struggle against that. The thing is, they struggle if they like, I've already had so much taken away this week. It just feels like my life's been shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and things that I used to have are being taken away. And there's grief with that. And don't, listen, I understand that and God understands that. You want to know how, how real God is? People aren't sure whether or not he's real. You know God is real. You find out he's real when you are real with him. So you can be real with him. You can pray and you can talk to him. And you can, you can talk to him about the grief that we all feel in, during these times. As, we, as maybe, you know, you get out to go to the shops 
uh, in safely and appropriately in all those ways. And you get there and it just sort of feels like some dystopian um, movie or, or some book, you know, some 1984-y kind of uh, Hunger Games, I don't know, but these kind of things that we have that we think, you know, it, that could never happen. And it's happening. And other things are going to happen. You look at other countries and it's like, Lord, there's grief, there's worry, there's fear. And the Bible says, we, you know, pray about those worries. Take them to God. Change your worry into worship. You know, there's things I can't do, things I can't know, but I can come to him because he knows. And when I come to him and I'm just honest to God, he sends the comforter. Psalm 56, verse 8. It's all right to cry. You know, it's all right to cry. I've cried. Cried a lot. Psalm 56, verse 8 says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in a bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. There's people I'm praying for, people I'm crying for, people I'm weeping for. And actually, that's powerful. God collects those tears in a bottle. They're precious to him. He doesn't not care. He'll always care. That's why they knew this was a relationship and they devoted themselves to prayer, you know, because they connected to him. In, the, in war films, if you ever watched war films, there's always that moment that can happen. And it's like they can be going into enemy territory, going into scary places, and everything's fine. They've got all the equipment. But if the radio gets taken out, that's always a problem. If that takes a bullet, why? Because they're not connected anymore. They're on their own. They can't call in the reinforcements that they need. They can't get the information that they need. So you know what your radio is? Your connection to heaven is prayer. Don't let anything stop that. So now I pray for you, everybody watching me. I pray that you would point to the ceiling where you are. Point to the ceiling now and say, Lord, I ask for an open heaven above me. Lord, I pray that you would push through the darkness and the gloom with your light. And I declare an open heaven over me, over the place where I live. I pray that your angelic presence would come down. Your power would come down and meet me right now where I am. That from here, Lord, out from here, power would go out all around me whenever I pray. And that this would be a meeting place dedicated to you as I am a person who is dedicated to you. Because now I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. Here's where you live. You see, that's how they prayed here. You look through back at the book of Acts, I encourage you to read it. They didn't just pray for comfort, they prayed for courage. Over and over, they prayed for boldness. When people came against them and, 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 and beat them and, and, uh, and persecuted them even, what did they pray for? Lord, give us boldness, give us courage and help us to keep on talking about you. That was what they prayed, that's what I prayed. I've got this thing, it was in my Bible here, uh, you can't be, I don't know if you can see it, but this is from a lady called Hei Wu, who I met a couple of years ago. She was in North Korea in a prison, and she ended up starting a house church, a little church, in the, in the latrines of this North Korean prison. It was the only place where she could find. Nobody else, the guards wouldn't go because it stunk too much, but she would go in there and pray and worship God. If she can pray there, you can pray where you are. And, you, and she found ways to connect to other believers. And the reason I got that coffee thing is because that's what she gave me. She always gave something to everybody she met. She'd learned, she said, she said the most important thing to do is learn gratitude. So she was grateful no matter what, and she was a giver no matter what and no matter where. So in last uh, week's study, I said that we, we, we looked at how we are now Acts 29. The spirit is moving. The spirit is acting. The story isn't over yet. 
God is still writing our part, your part in the story. That if you want to know how it ends, people have been asking me and messaging me saying in different ways, saying, do you think this is the end? It's the, it's the question that people have got at the moment. And, uh, you know, the answer is read the end of the book. That's where you're going to find out. The BBC won't tell you. Scientists can't tell you. But God already told you. And if you look, if you devote yourself, I'm not going to give you all the answers. Jesus himself said about when he's coming back and, and, and all of that. He said, nobody knows the day or the hour, but we should be looking for the signs of his appearing. He says that. I, so as I say, I've had people messaging me, WhatsApping me, emailing me, Facebook me. And, and the, the question lots of people keep asking is like, what do you think? Is this like the end times? Is this the end? And my answer to them is, God knows, because that's the answer that Jesus gave. And but I would say, look for the signs. Read Matthew 24. Read Luke 21. And read Revelation, the end of the book. Read all of it. You've got time. Now, is it important to you to be able to find out and figure it out? If it is, ask God and read those things through. And then be looking for the signs, because Jesus said we shouldn't be, be unexpected. Uh, we should be expectant of him coming. Not in some scary way but excited. He said, when you see these things happening, lift up your heads because God, you know, Jesus is in control. It's not like, oh no, it's the end of the world. It's like, God, you're coming back. You're coming back. Devote yourself to him because God is still large and in charge because the big C is not Corona. The big C is not COVID. The big C is Christ. He's the one He's the one. And, and looking at this and thinking about, you know, this kind of stuff, he's not weird stuff. Because if you look in Acts chapter 2, it's always been part of the authentic Christian hope since the very first message that Peter preached. You look at it for yourself in Acts 2, 17 to 21. Make a note of that. Because what he said was, you know, there's going to be signs in the heavens and signs on the earth. And there are all these things that are basically there to help us be ready and sort our lives out according to God's priorities. People heard that and they said to them, said to him, what must we do to be saved then? And he says, you know what? You can't save yourself. You can't, but God will save you if you turn away from your sins. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, then he will fill you with his Holy Spirit. And so then they were filled. The Holy Spirit came and filled them and they were lit up for him. And then they met in houses for 300 years. Nobody went to church. Everybody was the church. Everybody, every home was a church. Everybody was the leader of that church in their home. And they built a family altar where they would pray together and get that open heaven above them and pray down. And they would share the communion service together. And they would pray because nobody was telling them, you must do this or you must do that. They devoted themselves. Say that out loud wherever you are. They devoted themselves. That's the only person who can devote you. Point around the room at the person who is responsible for your spiritual growth. It's you. So they prayed expecting a miracle. They prayed specific prayers expecting miracles. Like I'm going to ask you today to start a prayer list and write some things down on there. So ask for miracles. So I'm going to ask you to, to pray. I, I'm praying at the moment. I've got a long list of prayers. Just a couple of people I'm praying for. I'm praying for baby Alexander, Elena and Lulu's little baby who's in the MRI, who's just been born and, and has had all kinds of problems and complications. But I've been praying and fasting for that little baby for miracles. And guess what? Against all the odds, this baby is still going and this baby is still healing. And the, the work that wasn't completed in the womb, I'm praying, will be completed 
by the Lord in amazing ways and that they will get to hold that baby. Lord, do a miracle. Would you join in with me in praying for that? For that, I'm praying for Roger, who's just come home. I'm thanking God for him. He's been months and months and months and months in hospital. You think you've been in self-isolation? Man, he's been months, yet he's kept this incredible attitude, this incredible faith, and witness to so many people in the hospital there in Salford, so that they've said, when you're fully better, come back and talk to us all. And they really want him to tell them about Jesus. They said, what's the hope that you've got? The nurses, the doctors see a difference in Roger and I'm praying Lord that you would completely now he's back home with Kate that you would miraculously heal him and, and completely raise him up and do a work that only you can do so there's some of my people who are you get a paper out write some names down expect a miracle bring these things to the Lord who's God putting on your prayer list and you know what what I'm saying here is try it out because that's what those first disciples did they prayed and they didn't just sort of say uh, well you know if it's your will Lord It'd be really nice. Um, but I know you're dead busy and you've got planets to keep spinning. You've probably not got time for this. No, no, they prayed with expectation. They prayed with faith and they asked God. And they left the results up to him, sure. But, but they basically asked God and left him with the problem. They connected the person and the problem to the promise of God. That's what prayer is. Connect a person and a problem to the promises of God. And then you see his power. Then you'll see his power released. So, so I want to give you an example of that. If you read on it, it says in Acts chapter 3, one day, so this is soon after this has happened, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth, so this is all of his life, has been carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. They didn't have any money. They were, the early church was poor. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So look at us, fix your attention on us. Change your focus. Because we want you to focus on God now. Don't just focus on your problem and what you've not got. Look at us. So the man gave them his attention. He changed focus. Ivy, we're in a year of focus. Expecting to get something from them. He was, it's all right to expect to ask. When you ask, expect a miracle. Expect a miracle. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Then taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped up to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. They recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful and were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Zoe and I saw this years ago in Haiti. We went out with that amazing uh, Compassion UK, the charity. And there we, we, we ended up praying. Zoe made me. I didn't want to, to be honest with you. I was a bit scared, but she made me pray for a guy in exactly this position. And actually, together with others, we saw him raised up and I saw his legs straighten out and I saw his strength come into his feet and his toes. As far as we were aware, this man had never walked, but he started to walk. We were lifting him up in prayer, but also we were taking his weight. And I've got to say, I didn't have faith for that until I started to see it and pray for it. And, and we ended up with this man able to, able to stand, able to be supported, and there was nothing wrong with him. He wasn't walking and leaping, let's be honest, but he was fully moving, and he was amazed, and everybody there who knew him was also amazed. God 
can do anything. He can do the impossible. And prayer is our part of working with God to heal the world that he loves. Say this with me. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible for God. You start to worship. You're starting to get into that place. You start to pray. And God moves mightily in miracles. But for that to happen, let me tell you this. Some people are like, I don't know how that happens. Something has to happen in you first. The greatest miracle of all has to happen in you first. We're going to watch a video where I'm going to tell you what the greatest miracle that ever happened to me and how it can happen to you and how this is so necessary. This is the greatest miracle that God ever did and will ever do in your life. But it needs to happen now. So we're going to watch this video, which will show how the greatest miracle of all can happen in you. Everywhere we look in our world, we see brokenness. Our world, it's imperfect, it's cracked, and even ourselves as individuals, we too are imperfect and we're cracked. So we're, we're broken people. But when God created the world, this wasn't his desire. In fact, he actually had a perfect design in mind. Now the Bible says that we went from God's perfect design to brokenness because of sin. And sin is basically anything that we do that's against God or disobeys God. But you see, God actually had a plan to restore us, which is why we learn about this third circle. Jesus. Now Jesus He's God who came down into our broken world. But you see, he was perfect. He didn't know sin. He had no sin. And as he was perfect, he was willing to die on a cross to become the perfect sacrifice for our sin. And then three days later, he rose from the dead so that he can restore us back to God's design. And now Jesus tells us, no matter who we are, how we can get back to God. He tells us to do two things. Number one, turn from our sin and living life our own way. And two, choose to follow Jesus and make Him our boss and make Him our Lord. And if we do that, if we choose to turn and follow, we can come to Jesus. And Jesus promises to restore us back to His design. And the best thing happens when we do that is all of God comes into us and He changes us and He tells us and helps us do these next two things, which is to grow grow in our relationship with Jesus so that it becomes stronger. And number two, go. Go back into the world of brokenness so that other people, more and more people can hear how they too can escape and become near to God. Everyone in the world is in one of two places. They could be here in brokenness or they could be here in God's perfect design. Which place are you? not one of us who's got a perfect record of never doing anything wrong or getting anything wrong, but except Jesus Christ. And what he wants to do is transfer his perfect record to your imperfect record. And that's why that three circles thing, which I encourage you to, you can go online, you can download an app, uh, Life on Mission, and that will help you to be able to, to show that to other people and to look over it again yourself. Life on Mission is the app for that. But, but that message, which shows how we can turn away from our sins and turn back to God, that's how the greatest miracle happens. It's, the, it's, the, you know, it's actually greater than a physical healing because it lasts forever. It's actually greater even than the resurrection that Jesus himself, when he rose from the grave, or he resurrected people. You read about that in the Gospels. Greater than that is the miracle of salvation. It's that somebody, God can take somebody like me, who is a sinner, 
who is so messed up, who makes so many mistakes and doesn't just make mistakes, but knowingly, willfully does what is evil at times and what is wicked and what is wrong and goes against what God has said. said. And if I look back over my life, there have been times when I've done shameful things that if I would never tell you, but God knows all about them. Do you know what I've done with those things? I've taken them to the cross of Jesus because they're the things that nailed him to the cross. They're the things that kept him on the cross. And I've asked, Lord, would you take the punishment as you, for my sins too? On that cross, Jesus Christ, as he died, he died for you and he died for me. Those nails that were driven into him were meant for us. That punishment, the Bible says, that, that fell upon him was, is the punishment that brings me peace. If I'll swap, it's a divine swap that he now, he now offers to you. You give me your rubbish, give me your lies, give me your lusts, give me your, your hatred, give me your unforgiveness, give me all of the stuff that you've ever done. Everything you've ever looked at that you shouldn't, said that you shouldn't, thought that you shouldn't, give it all to me and I'll put it all on my son and take it all away and I'll give you a new life. And then you can go for me back into the world as an agent of my salvation, as an ambassador of Christ. Draw a line under it and start a new day today. We invite you to pray a prayer in a moment of commitment for the first time or of recommitment. If it's something for you or you've still got questions, then go to uh, lookingforgod.com. Lookingforgod.com will help you if you've got questions and also help to underline this recommitment prayer or this commitment prayer. But this is what devoting yourself, this is how it starts. This is what it looks like, devoting yourself, giving yourself to Jesus who loves you first as your first love. We're going to worship in a moment and do that. Rob's going to lead us in worship wherever we are. But I'm going to invite you to pray a, a prayer that says, all to Jesus, all for Jesus, I'm going to give it all for you. All to Jesus, I surrender, that old hymn. We're going to use that to be able to say to Jesus right where you are. Maybe you want to kneel, you know what, wherever you are. It's such a holy posture and a holy time to kneel. Yeah, put your hands together. Devote yourself back to God and say to him, God, I'm going to freely give everything back to you because you, you, you didn't spare your own son, you loved me. You gave himself for me. I'm going to pray again the, the words that I really felt yesterday the Holy Spirit was encouraging me to, to say as our prayer today of full commitment and total surrender now and forever to Jesus. This is not a kind of, oh, I'll just give him my problems. This is, I'm going to give him my praises. I'm going to give him my life. I'm going to give him my everything. He's going to be number one. I devote myself to Jesus Christ. That's what this is. Will you do that? It's the, it's, the, it's the gateway to open to everlasting life forever. It, Jesus said, nobody comes to the Father but by me. He's the gate. Open the gate by faith right now. Believe that he loves you, that he cares about you, that he has got a plan and a purpose for you still. He's not given up on you. Don't you ever give up. He's with you right where you are. So I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. These old, this old hymn, these people knew what they were writing about. They went through tough times too, you know? And they had this connection with God that was unbreakable. So put your hands together and pray. Pray along with me as somebody who is loved by God forever. Somebody who was bought with the most precious substance in the universe, the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody who he wants to call to be his child and adopted into his family forever right now. Say these words out loud. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence, daily live. All to Jesus I surrender, humbly at his feet I bow, bow down before him. Worldly pleasures, all forsaken, 
Take me, Jesus. Take me now. I surrender all. Stretch up towards him. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed saviour, I surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender. Make me saviour, holy thine. Let me feel your Holy Spirit. Truly know that you are mine. I surrender all. I surrender all. And now Rob is going to lead us as we worship the one who wants to bless you right where you are, who wants the blessing of God to fall on you so that you will be blessed and you will be a blessing. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org media.